And then at the end of this like seven minute video, he says, oh, and by the way, this is an AI generated me. And so it's this hyper realistic version of Quebecop. And so he was apologizing on his channel for doing AI, but the apology video was made using AI and people were really mad. It Everyone in like the comments was so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. Today we're talking about Quebblecop, who is a gaming YouTuber, and he got big around 2015. Mm-hmm. But he's doing some really interesting things <laughs> a lot of people aren't happy about. <laughs> but it's cool that he's um testing things. Yeah. 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 It is very interesting. Uh, he's been on YouTube for a long time, 15 plus years, I would say. I don't exactly remember, but like you said, he kind of blew up quite a while ago, especially in YouTube years. Um, and he's managed to stick around for quite a while, uh, but he's making, he's been making some changes on his channel that a lot of people are questioning. Um, but it is AI related. And so it, it's an interesting topic for us to discuss. I think he was getting money on a, on a game mm-hmm. and selling the money and because you could sell it for real money. And then he realized that that wasn't the most lucrative use of his time. <laughs> and so then he tried to build out his YouTube channel a little more. And he was trying to like, he said, he was trying to get better every single day, really strategically trying to learn about YouTube and improve his videos every single day. So he was always really entrepreneurial and really intentional and strategic about his channel and looking on to the next thing. And so to me, this kind of makes sense that he thought, well, I'm going to explore AI because he's always kind of tried to get ahead of right. it, whatever's, right. whatever's going on in a YouTube career isn't always forever, especially something like gaming where different games go in and out of style. And he probably just got tired of it, wanted something newer. So he started making like these avatars that were cartoon AI avatars, very obviously um, AI. I think the first one he made was one of his friends Mm. because he did a lot of collaborating and it sounded like from what I, from what I understood that that guy was not very happy about it. Oh really? Yeah. Um, Catch on to that. (laughs) And then he made the blue one. Um, this guy named Blue, mm-hmm. and then he did um, Quibble Cop AI, which looked pretty much exactly like him, as much as mm-hmm. a cartoon can look like you. Mm-hmm. I think you actually know more about what happened after that. Yeah, so I think kind of timeline here. So I think he first said he started kind of this AI journey in 2020, mm-hmm. um, and then you know over the next year he created one more, and then the next year he created another one, and then as AI has kind of progressively improved, like really fast, especially over the last year. Um, he said that he, so he had this kind of AI avatar version. It looked like him, but it was still very cartoony. Mm-hmm. And I think it said that was like 2022 or something. Um, and people had really mixed feelings about this. And, and, you know, from a business standpoint, I get it. Um, he was, he had mentioned he was experiencing some burnout and that sort of thing. So he wanted this kind of AI um, thing you know, this, this character to run, run his channel. So, you know, they'd come up with storylines and then they'd have this AI character, you know, do whatever the storyline was. He got a lot of negative feedback for that. Kept doing it for quite a while. You know, I could imagine he had this idea and he wanted to pursue it. So regardless of the negative feedback, he kept going. Uh, But eventually he put out this apology video, um, kind of apologizing to his audience for uh, making this AI 
creation. Um, and even though people didn't like it. So anyway, this whole like six or seven minute apology video um, of him just kind of sitting a clo- uh, kind of with this blank backdrop behind him. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of this like seven minute video, he says, oh, and by the way, this is an AI generated me. His name's Jordy. He said, this is an AI generated version of me. Um, and so it's this hyper realistic version of Quebecop. Um, and so he was apologizing on his channel for doing AI, but the apology video was made using AI and people were really mad. Um, everyone in the comments was so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of felt like that. And I don't know, I I haven't been like a dedicated follower of his channel. So I don't know if that is kind of his personality or, or whatever, but uh, people were really, really upset at that. Um, however, it still seems like he's kind of pursuing, this this whole AI thing. So his thinking behind that, according to him, I think at Vid Summit, he was saying like, well, we had all these iterations and it just wasn't good enough yet. Mm-hmm. So he thought that people didn't like the AI because it was too cartoony, it wasn't realistic enough. I mean, clearly that wasn't the case because yeah. people got really mad. Even if that was the case, definitely the wrong way to like go about announcing. Right, right. Um, <laughs> an apology video, like yeah. that's... It's completely the wrong way. Um, and I also wondered, like, watching it, you can tell if you know. Yes. Maybe yep. even after a minute if you don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I wonder if people would almost like the cartoon one better. Mm-hmm. I think he's really missing the point. Of yeah. People want him, and it's not a problem of not being realistic enough. And the few people that probably were kind of on the fence would probably prefer the cartoon one anyways, because at least it's obviously fake. It's not like creepy fake like a lot of AI is right now. Yeah. Obvious fake, cartoon fake is better than creepy fake. I don't know if it was DreamWorks or Disney or whatever. They created um, this version, like this human being version for some of their, their movies. And it was, you know, it was cartoony, but it was like close enough that it was almost human looking Mm. um and people kind of freaked out they were like this is like freaky and creepy and so they anyway there was this whole discussion of how they had to kind of tone it back and almost make it look more cartoony so that Uh people wouldn't question if it was real or not kind of to your point i think you're right i think that it wasn't that people didn't like the iteration i don't think it was that people didn't like that it wasn't perfect enough i just think that they wanted to see him Mm -hmm. um and that's what they signed up for. You know, when they hit the subscribe button, they signed up to watch him. And I don't think that the AI is necessarily a bad thing. I just think that it's not what they signed up for. Right. So you could have a channel where you make an AI avatar mm-hmm. and the whole thing is based on that. And your audience might think it's really cool and grow right. an audience based on that. But yeah, I think if right. you try to pivot too fast with that, it's pretty hard. And I get it. I get that he doesn't want necessarily want to do it anymore mm-hmm. he's got other projects other really interesting ai projects he's trying to work on yeah he doesn't want to sit around and play video games every day right so he's getting far fewer views i wonder how much he is okay with that right like had he known how much his views were going to drop would he still have gone this direction mm-hmm. i'm sure he would have differed differently but yeah um and, and he had one this one other project that i thought was interesting it was like the blue was, yeah. that, was that what it was mm-hmm. called? So it's this entirely separate channel that they built using this AI with an AI avatar. Um, and I think it's up to nearly a million subscribers now, 800, 900,000 subs. Um, but that's what it was from the beginning. Yeah. And so when people signed up, you know, I used the term signed up, <laughs> when they subscribed to the channel, um, that's what they were expecting. You know, they they liked this main character. It was a cartoon. It wasn't, you know, it was AI. They, they knew the premise. Um, and it's been very successful. 
that channel has been very successful. Um, he said that with monetization, it's been good. Um, views have been really good. Subscriber growth has been incredible. Um, but I think that just goes to show you the importance of, um, I guess, giving people what they thought they were there for. Um, yeah, that's what they originally signed up for. Yeah. They start to develop this expectation. And in a way, it's like they think you owe them something because mm-hmm. they get so mad about it, which is kind yeah. of funny. Like if somebody you know, does something and they decide they want to stop doing it, whether it's a job or a service or whatever. Right. Can you really get mad? But on YouTube, people get very angry. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Like, what if he just wants to stop? Right. It's like me when I watch the office and Michael Scott leaves in like many seasons before it's over. It's like, why would you leave? This is yeah. the best show. You had such a good thing, but, but like in his life, like in his real life, there was probably something else he wanted to pursue. Yeah. You know, but from a viewer's perspective, me knowing nothing about, you know, Steve Carell and his real life, it's just like, you know, I want him to be Michael Scott (laughs) and I want him to be Michael Scott forever. (laughs) And it's not realistic, um, but I don't care. Like as a viewer, I just, that's what I want. Um, And so I get it. um, But it is a difficult thing to um, overcome, especially when you are a single creator and you are the the face, the thing, you know, that's why people are there. It's really hard to fix that. It's just funny how he didn't listen. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if he didn't hear them, like truly didn't understand or just thought like, well, I'm going to kind of pretend I I don't know what the problem is because I'm doing this anyways. Mm -hmm. But you know, they didn't like that first AI. And so he's like, oh, well it's because it wasn't realistic enough. Right. But like the, nobody was saying that he mm-hmm. really wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of Subway. Yeah. Subway does this. Yeah, they say they did this huge survey, or they surveyed millions of people, and asked what What do you want? And they said we want more variety. Like you've had the same stuff on the menu for the last fifteen years. Give us something new, Subway. So Subway says, okay, we heard you, and they make this big deal out of this huge marketing campaign where they dramatically close the stores for a day to redo everything. And then they open back up and it's like the biggest letdown. They offer like whole mozzarella cheese instead (laughs) of just shredded now and one additional Uh, seasoning of chicken. Like it's, it's ridiculous. One extra sauce. And I think they think they can just get away with marketing to an audience. Right. And you know, they have this audience or they have this market or whatever that they can just, say that they're doing the thing right and convince you with marketing and i think youtubers do this and i'm too not that quibble cop necessarily did this mm-hmm. speculating a lot but i think a lot of times with an audience they just think well they want this but i don't want to give them this but if i phrase it the right way and frame right. it right i can sell it to them as if i'm yeah. listening to what they want and if, as if i care right and it's really a matter of underestimating your audience mm-hmm. and kind of taking them for granted and I've seen some YouTubers kind of treat their audience like they're stupid. Not yeah. that Quibble Cop did that. Right. Maybe he did, but it's a problem. I think there's kind of two sides of the coin there. I I think that, yes, you're right. I think that we should listen to our audience feedback, um, especially if we want to just please the audience. Mm-hmm. I do also think there's a side of it where, as a creator, we have to take our lives into our own hands. And say, if this is the route that I want to pursue, I will pursue it regardless of kind of whatever is going to happen. Yeah. And not to say that that's the right choice in every situation, but when it comes to like creator burnout, it's like, well, I could either do the AI or I could just leave YouTube. Totally. 
And if the option is just leave YouTube, there's a percentage of your audience that would rather you just leave than do the AI. <laughs> uh, and that's fine. They'll leave. But there's also a percentage that'll stick around. Um, and so I don't want to use the term milking it, but if you're trying to just milk it for what it's worth, like maybe it wasn't the worst move. If he was just like ready to be done or, you know, pursuing other projects, which I know he is pursuing other projects, mm-hmm. um, maybe it was just a kind of the way to let the, let his channel or audience down a little bit slower than just totally stop publishing on our income school YouTube channel for many years, you know, in blogging, there's this whole thing about keyword tools. Everybody in the industry uses these keyword tools. The, the funny thing is, is they are wildly inaccurate. They don't have all the data that they claim to have. Everybody wants us on the income school YouTube channel to use keyword tools and they will, people will even go look up our own websites, the income school owned websites and say, your websites are failing. Look at this keyword tool. It says it's failing. And we can go to the back end of our website and see that clearly everything's fine. Yeah. We made a short on that showing the back end yes. yeah. compared it's crazy. to the research. Yeah. But people want us to use keyword tools and they want us to tell them the keyword tools work. And yeah. we have never done that. We've never told them that because it's not, we don't think it's in the best interest of the audience, even though it's what they want. Um, and it's not in our best interest, you know, because uh, essentially we'd be telling our audience something that wasn't true. I just want to try and see both sides of things here. Absolutely. Where like, we definitely don't want to lie to our audience. We want to take care of them. We don't want to treat them like they're stupid. But at the same time, there's the, the element of, you know, you're running a business and you have to kind of make these informed decisions, even if it does mean to some extent you're going to see a, you know, a fall in revenue or whatever. Right. And you can't keep doing something that you hate. Right. Especially creative work. That's not going to go well at all. Right. You can't just be a slave because people have gained this expectation of what you do for them. You can't just keep publishing because they want you to, you need to pivot. You need to pivot and be more true to what you're passionate about He's clearly pretty passionate about AI because like Mm -hmm. you said, the project he's working Mm -hmm. on right now, it's called project five, although he says Mm -hmm. the name will change. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what he is using to make these AI models. um, I think the AI models, I guess he never specifically said that these AI avatars and his AI avatar was created by this. Yeah. But YouTube videos, he's making like entire YouTube videos with this software he's developing. They're impressive for AI. Yeah. He showed a little bit of a demo mm-hmm. um, in one of the videos I we watched of him, and it wasn't. It was interesting. It was impressive. Um, I could tell it was AI. I mean, yes. I don't know. Like, I, I'm really torn on that. I think there's a whole discussion to be had about totally AI generated content and what that really means for the creator industry. Um, that's probably a whole other episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I think early on, like this is an early version of his tool, and like you said, it was impressive. And he said that they've used the tool to grow channels. Like he said, there was, you know, they'd posted these videos on Facebook and gained like 40,000 followers and like over 10,000 subscribers on one of these channels. Like that's pretty impressive. Like they were monetized and stuff. So does it work? Yeah. But what is it uh, to me? The bigger question is what does it mean for creation down the line? Like if everyone does that, is that a problem? Like I love the new tools. I love to see what's possible. Um, but it's just like, okay, let's use this responsibly. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. we don't need to go a hundred percent in on this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. What do you think? Yeah. Well, at first, I mean, whoever gets into it first, they're going to probably get monetized quickly right. and get revenue from it. But if, and they're saying like, well, you know, you can, it's 200 times cheaper and what was it? 12,000 times, yeah, like 12, times faster. Or, sorry. 12,000% faster. Yes. Great. 
okay, so we're making that many more videos, but they're all this AI type of video. Not everybody's going to want to watch that type of video. Yeah. It's going to get old. Even people that don't mind that type of video right now, I might be able to enjoy that type of video. Right. But after I've seen a bunch of them and after YouTube is completely saturated with that, Mm -hmm. that's all you see because everybody's realizing they could put out 300 videos a day. I think it'll just be essentially trash all Mm -hmm. over YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, will it be technically correct information? Sure. Will there be some interesting visuals? Sure. Mm -hmm. People are going to get tired of it so fast. They're not going to want to watch these AI videos anymore. And then hopefully there's more space for the people making real videos. Right. Right. That's kind of how I see it going. I don't know. Yeah. I I think that, you know, we're kind of heavily involved in YouTube right now and also blogging. And on the blogging side of things, AI is far more integrated across the board in content creation just because written content, I think, is so much easier to produce. And so we're kind of seeing this in the written content space Mm -hmm. right now where people truly are using AI to generate nearly, you know, it's like nearly 100% AI generated content aside from the prompts that the people are putting in. And we're seeing that some of that content is essentially valuable, right? Or helpful. But then we're also seeing a lot of it is not. Um, And there's this thing happening that people are calling AI cannibalization where AI is writing articles and then someone else goes to write an AI article. And then that article is pulled from another AI generated article and it just leads to this like terrible like waterfall effect of you know horrible content that's being written I wonder I wonder if that ends up happening to some extent with video and like you said we end up in a place where it's very recognizable it's easy to see what's AI and what's not Um, and then it does leave a space again for real creators that's what I would hope that I hope that it takes that progression if it does go that route um, because I think that people crave connection and there's just not that like the, the video clip that, um, Jordy showed in his presentation, it was interesting, but there was no connection. Mm-mm. It felt very sterile to me. It was, the visuals were awesome. Um, the person reading the script or whatever, it sounded great. There's but voice it, fluctuation. Yeah. And like there, there's all the right check boxes. Right. But, but it's missing. It, it feels it's like it's missing something. Yep. Um, and so I hope that there always remains a space for people yeah. uh, creating like that. There's just a feeling when you're watching YouTube video where, you know, somebody has all the right elements and it feels like you're in their home or in their kitchen right. and right. they crack a joke and it's just like the other feels sterile. It just mm-hmm. doesn't quite work. It doesn't give you that same feeling. Now, if you're trying to learn something really practical, I can see how that would be a good thing. So you get a bunch of videos out on really practical things that maybe people think are too boring to want to have whole channels on. Maybe you can explain it really well with whatever AI generated Mm B-roll and stuff you get. That's probably great. But mostly on YouTube, people want to be entertained at the same time that they are informed, learning something. And you're not going to like subscribe to a channel probably that's doing that. You're going to find them through search, Mm -hmm. which if you have enough people finding enough videos through search, it could still do well. Right, right. But I just don't think, I think it would be kind of um, draining too to make content like that. I mm-hmm. guess it depends on your personality if you just love building this big machine. And right. that could that could be fun in its own way, but creatively it's not right. going yeah. to fuel you long-term. So. Yeah, and there was funny as I was scrolling through Quebble Cop's videos on his channel, I just randomly clicked on one and the top comment on one of them was someone who had commented who was clearly unhappy with the 
con- where the content was going. And they just said, can we, can we just take a second to appreciate how lifeless and useless this content <laughs> is? You know, that's not very nice to say, but I think it kind of illustrates that whole like lifeless is how I kind of feel about it. And I think it will get better, but I don't know if it's that, pe- like you said earlier, we've identified, I don't know if it's that people want it to be better. I think that people want connection and creation. So yeah. I think that like the whole AI generated B-roll, I think that that's a cool thing. Um, you know, if I'm doing this video and I, I want this cool scene that I wasn't able to go out and get, like if I could AI generate that and then it's just a clip in my video, yeah. I think that that is so awesome. You know, it opens us up as creators to opportunities and to resources that we may not have had access to. You know, like maybe if I'm making a video about the Eastern United States and I didn't have the budget to travel there, I could still potentially get some footage of a specific area and then utilize that in my video and just make it more visually interesting and appealing. I think that's great. There's a thousand different ways like that to use AI um, without it feeling sterile and lifeless. Absolutely. Yeah. The idea of using it to help you with videos Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And who knows where that'll go. I hope it gets a lot better. And it's interesting. It feels like so many people are just like doing no AI or doing like fully AI generated videos. And I'm surprised that there aren't more examples of the in-between. Cop talked about it a little bit, but he was mostly, he gave like four examples, but they were all in the Vid Summit talk. They're all like the same thing. He was saying like, oh, if you accidentally misspeak, you can redo the audio Mm -hmm. for that section if you you know, lose a little bit of footage. You can redo the footage for that section. That is one of the only examples aside from idea generation that I've seen for AI for YouTube Mm -hmm. that everyone just keeps harping on. It's like, well, if you make a mistake, okay, well, how often does that really happen? Right. And if it does, usually I can just refilm that section or take it out or whatever. Um, I know there are other ways that I want to learn more about them, but it just Mm -hmm. feels like I wish we were spending less energy trying to make completely AI videos and more energy trying to figure out how to use it and how to improve it and adapt it. Right. And he did mention something in his talk that I think was good, you know, which is funny because I don't think he's doing this, but he like the, the goal is to create valuable content. Mm -hmm. Well, what does valuable mean? I mean, there's many different things that that could mean. I think number one is it's something that the audience wants. Um, I, I think that, I do honestly think that he's trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, I think the audience has said that they don't want AI. I think he's going to continue to try and figure that out with AI. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. Um, maybe his approach isn't perfect, but none of ours is. Uh, but I think that someone needs to explore that because everything should be explored because we might find something of value there. Um, but I think it's also important that rather than the focus just being AI content versus non-AI content, let's focus on just good content. You know, how can we utilize AI to just create good content? Um, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, I guess I don't know if I could totally say that. I don't, uh, it doesn't matter if it's totally AI generated or not. Well, if I could watch a totally AI generated video that didn't feel lifeless and mm-hmm. didn't feel sterile, then I guess maybe I wouldn't care. We're definitely not there yet. And so and in the meantime, Disney cartoons, right, exactly, exactly. And maybe it goes back to that blue example that Quibble yeah. uh, Cop created. It's just like, People went in with the expectation, like this is a almost like a cartoon show or whatever. Like yeah. you're following this this person through their, you know, through their adventures. And people liked that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I, I watched lots of different types of content. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it could just be totally like out of interest, like just personal interests or hobbies. Some of it might just be because I like the person that I'm watching. 
Um, I Like I said, I watch for a variety of reasons, but I don't only want that one specific type of content. And I think right now AI is good at creating kind of one specific type yeah. of content. And if everyone leans that way, and I think typically what happens is everyone gets excited about something and then they lean way too far that way. <laughs> and then eventually we have to recenter. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're right. It's going really specifically one direction. I think I was kind of feeling like, well, that's just what AI is, mm-hmm. but it, mm, probably doesn't have to be. No. If we can pull it some other ways instead of going so far that way, yeah. especially with the cannibalism you're talking about, it could be a problem that just perpetuates itself. Right. right. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, for now, um, I think the key takeaway of this case study is yeah. don't apologize for something <laughs> while doing the thing you're apologizing for yeah. again. <laughs> Maybe he was mocking apology videos. I, I do think YouTube apology <laughs> videos are worth mocking, but yeah, that was a bad move. I Maybe. Think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I get that the meta thing is fun. Like yeah. when AI first came out, everybody and their dog was doing that on their channels. Like, right. and guess what? This whole video was scripted with right. AI. Right. Um, we saw that a lot. So I get that it's exciting, especially since he's the first one that I know of to yep. to put out a video with a avatar that's that yep. realistic looking. Yeah. That's a fun reveal, but maybe not in the apology video. Yeah, probably could have waited for that <laughs> or put it on a different channel or something. Yeah, it's interesting what he's doing though. And I really like seeing, I don't know, there's something very inspiring about seeing a kid who used to play games yeah. go to somebody who is, I don't want to say outgrowing YouTube because there's nothing wrong with staying in YouTube, but it's just cool to see that he is pursuing even bigger things. Mm-hmm. He's not stagnating. He's not just right. going to play video games his whole life. It's right. very inspiring. He's it is. He's like kind of a runner up. It sounds like with Google with some of this mm-hmm. AI stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. He went from a kid playing video games and putting it on YouTube to like somewhat of a competitor. I'm not really sure how much right. he's he is, but with these big tech companies yeah. and AI and he's pursuing what he finds interesting. That is really inspiring. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. No, I, I think that, like you said, I think there's definitely some positives and negatives here. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think that we should explore the unknown frontier. And I think that's good that he's doing that. Um, I, I think that it's there's that's a good way to grow and learn, even if it's painful along the way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's no way to learn, learn about AI in advance with it if we're not. Right sort of going in the wrong direction for a little mm-hmm. bit and trying things. So yep. yeah, I like that you're uh you're less cynical. You're not hating on it because yeah. there's a lot of value, value to be had. Yeah. Good case study though. Like you said, it's not something that a lot of people are doing right now. And so I think there's a lot to learn there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something to, be, something to be said about early adopters. You know, people who are early adopters can usually benefit from the huge wave of people who are interested in that. And so yeah. I don't want to fault him for that either. Um, but I definitely think that some of the some of the choices that have been made along the way probably could have been done with some more grace. But um, that yeah. could be said for about just about everything. Absolutely, pivots are hard. Yes, they are, <laughs> as we've seen before. But yeah, I think it's just important to maybe acknowledge. I don't know. I wonder if he could have just said like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I know mm-hmm. a lot of you really don't like right. this. You don't have to keep watching. Yeah. Like, I understand if this is not your channel. Yeah. There's other great channels." But if anybody does want to stick around, like, I really have to do this. I really have to pursue. That might have gone better. Probably. Probably at least a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time. I think we've got a couple more AI episodes coming up um, on this topic before we switch topics. See ya.